0: Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Tesla's second quarter 2023 Q&A webcast. My name is Martin Viecka, VP of Investor Relations, and I'm joined today by Elon Musk, Zachary Kirkhorn, and a number of other executives. Our Q2 results were announced at about 3 p.m. Central time in the update deck we publish at the same link as this webcast. During this call, we will discuss our business outlook and make forward-looking statements. These comments are based on our predictions and expectations as of today. Actual events or results could differ materially due to a number of risks and uncertainties, including those mentioned in our most recent filings with the SEC. During the question and answer portion of today's call, please limit yourself to one question and one follow-up. Please use the raise hand button to join the question queue. But before we jump into the Q&A, Elon has some opening remarks. Elon? Uh, thank you, Juan. So just the
1: Q2 recap. In Q2, we achieved record vehicle production and deliveries and record revenue of about $25 billion in a single quarter. And Model Y became the best-selling vehicle of any kind uh, globally in Q1, surpassing the likes of Corolla uh, and Gold. So it was the number one vehicle of any kind, including vehicles uh, that are at a seller at far lower price. This is, I think, an incredible achievement by the Tesla team and just a, a huge thank you to our customers uh, for, for their support. Uh, so, and, and, this is, and this came in spite of high interest rates um, and a lot of macro uncertainty, um, and nonetheless, uh, we managed to achieve operating margin of about 10%. Um, we continue to uh, target uh, 1.8 million vehicle deliveries this year, um, although we expect that Q3 uh, production uh, will be a little bit down because we've got to summer shutdowns shutdowns for a, a lot of factory upgrades. So, um, just, just, probably a slight decrease in production in Q3, um, for sort of global uh, factory upgrades. Um, in the long-term, uh, economy we think is going to just drive volume uh, through the ceiling next level. Um, and, uh, and our sort of future robotaxi, uh, products, um, the dedicated robotaxi products, uh, we think
2: have like quasi infinite demand. Um, so, and we the, the way we're going to
1: manufacture, um, the robot taxi is, is also itself a revolution. So it's revolutionary design made in a revolutionary way. It'll be by, by far the highest, uh, units per hour of, of any vehicle production ever, um, so. Very excited about that. Um, With respect to autopilot and dojo, in order to build autonomy, we also need to train our neural net with uh, data from uh, millions of vehicles. Uh, The more, I mean, this has been proven over and over again the more training data you have, the better the results. Um, And um, I mean, there are times where we see basically uh, in a neural net, uh, basically, it's sort of at a million training examples. It barely works at 2 million, it's, it slightly works at 3 million. It's like, wow, okay, we're seeing something But then You get like 10 million training examples. It's it's like, it becomes incredible. Um, so, uh, you just, there's just, there's just no substitute for a massive amount of data. Uh, and obviously Tesla has more vehicles on the road, um, that, that are collecting this data than all other companies combined by, I think maybe even an order of magnitude. So I think we might, we might have 90% of all, or a very big number. Um, so, uh, you know, the success in AI endeavors is a function of talent, uh, uh, u- uh sort of unique data and, uh, computing resources.
2: Um, and, and we, uh, have outstanding capabilities in all, all three arenas. Um. And I really just don't know how anyone, anyone could do what we're doing, even if they had our software and had
1: our computer, if they did not have the the, the training data. So um, speaking of which, our, our Doge training computer is designed to significantly reduce the cost of neural net training. Um, it, it is designed to, it, it's, it's, it's so optimized for the kind of training that we need, which is a video training. Um, so, uh, you know, we, we just see the, the, the need for... Neural net training, okay, talking about some, you know, things, uh, is is just enormous. Um, so, uh, I think having having we we we, we're, we expect to use both NVIDIA and Dojo to be clear. Um, uh, but there's there's um, we we just see a demand for really uh, vast training resources, um, and uh, we we think we may reach in-house neural net. You know the training uh, capability of uh, 100 xclock by the end of next year so um, to to date uh, over 300 million miles have been driven using FSD beta uh, that 300 million mile number is going to seem small very quickly it'll, it'll soon be billions of miles and tens of billions of miles um, and um, FSD will will go from being better for being as good as a human to then being vastly better than a human would we see a clear path to uh, full self-driving being uh, 10 times uh, safer than the
3: average human driver so hear that believe it or not summer is just around the corner luckily armorall america's most trusted auto appearance brand has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll: Less work, more clean. Terms apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC.
1: And between autopilot, our dojo computer, our inference hardware in the car, which we Sort of hardware three, four, you know, but it's really dedicated. It's a, it's a, it's a high efficiency and computer that's in the car. Uh, and our Optimus robot, mm-hmm. Tesla is barely at the cutting edge of uh, AI development. With regard to our cyber, which we continue to build uh, release candidates of the cyber truck um, on our final production line in Austin. I'm, I'm actually here in Austin at the Gigafactory. Factory. Um, this is yeah. the first truck that we're aware of that we'll have four door was over a six foot bed and will fit into a 20 foot garage. So it's, it's a, it's sort of biggish on the outside, but it's even bigger on the inside. So it's a, I think that's a one of the, one of the elements of good design is it should feel bigger on the inside than it looks on the outside. Um, and, and this is, this is no small car, but we, we, re- we really cared about the exterior dimensions of the Cybertruck down to the last millimeter. Um, so it's, said just, we, try to get right in the middle of the Goldilocks zone, not too big, not too small. Um, and, and then really maximize the, the utility of the volume. And, uh, we can't uh, wait to start uh, delivering it later this year. Some, uh, some other highlights, our global supercharging network, uh, now stands at over 50,000 roughly, roughly 50,000 connectors and over 5,000 locations. Um, as I think a lot of people are aware, um, uh, the Tesla, char- the, the Tesla charging standard, uh, which we made open source, it is now called the North American Charging Standard. Uh, we're, we're deeply honored that uh, Ford, GM, Mercedes, uh, and many other OEMs uh, ha- have signed up to uh, use our connector uh, and gain access to our charging network. Um, uh, you know, we, we, we strongly believe in helping... Um, uh, other car other companies to, uh, accelerate the EV revolution and, um,
2: trying to do the right thing in general. So that's a goal there. Um, um, then, um, something I think I, I, I want to emphasize, uh, like very,
1: very strongly. This is a very important point. Um, is that, um, Tesla, uh, just, just as with the North American charging standard. Although we're not licensing, in that case, not licensing. We're just making it available. But but we are um, very open to licensing our full self driving software and hardware to other car companies. Um, and we are already in discussions with, only uh, just early discussions with a, a major OEM uh, about using the Tesla FSD. Um, so uh, we're we're not trying to keep this to ourselves. We're more than happy to to license it to others. Uh, And lastly, our new lithium refinery and cathode facility are progressing well. Um, uh, Then in conclusion, uh, we continue to focus on making as many cars as we can uh, while maintaining healthy financials. Our artificial intelligence development is obviously entering a new era. uh, and uh, We're incredibly excited about what's to come. Our other businesses, such as Megapack, Supercharging, Service, and whatnot, all started to become a, a meaningful contributor to overall profitability, uh, this quarter. Um, and, uh, then lastly, I'd just like to, uh, profusely thank all of our, um, our employees for making a lot of extra effort during uncertain times. Uh, thank you very much for your hard work and the impact you're making.
4: Thank you very much, Elon. And I think Zach did some opening remarks as well. Yeah. Thanks Martin. Um, as Elon mentioned, Q2 was another record quarter of production and deliveries, as well as records and profit for our energy and services and other businesses. Congratulations again to the Tesla team on the continued progress. As we navigate through a period of economic uncertainty, rising interest rates, volatility and consumer confidence and regulatory change, I want to comment on our financial approach. First, the single most important priority is to ensure we are continuing to invest heavily in the core technologies that will drive the long-term value of the business. This includes increasing spending on AI-related technologies such as full self-driving, Optimus, and Dojo, as well as new products such as Cybertruck, our next-generation platform, and the Semi, as evidenced by the continued growth in our R&D spend. This also includes continuing our investments in capacity expansion. Not only in our vehicle factories, but also our supercharging network, service, internal applications, and battery processes, as we continue with meaningful capital expenditures to lay this foundation for the future. Second, we continue to work towards our goals of maximizing volumes on both our vehicle and energy business, but most importantly, doing so in a way that generates the capital to continue our pace of R&D and capital investments. This requires a strong focus on per-unit COGS reductions in each of our key businesses as well as working capital improvements on raw materials, work and process inventory, and customer AR, all of which progressed appropriately in Q2. If we look specifically at our automotive business, our gross margin showed a modest reduction and remained healthy, despite action taken to further improve vehicle affordability early in the quarter. We recognize we realized per unit cost improvements in nearly every category, including material cost and commodities, manufacturing costs, and logistics while also continuing to rapidly increase the build rate in our Austin and Berlin factories. For our energy business, we improved margins and gross profit driven by cost reductions and deal economics, particularly with Megapack. As a reminder, storage volumes are typically volatile sequentially based on the types of projects and their specific revenue recognition milestones. As we look forward to the rest of the year, I want to reiterate Elon's comments on Q3 volumes driven by planned downtimes for factory upgrades. These upgrades will also carry some amount of factor idle cost. Ho- however, we are working to minimize as much as possible. It's also important to keep in mind the uncertainty in the macro environment, which can impact our execution positively or negatively in the near term. Regardless, we continue to remain dynamic with a focus on fundamental efficiency and a long-term outlook. Congratulations again to everybody on a great quarter. Thank
0: you very much, Zach. Um, And let's go to investor questions. Uh, The the first question on licensing FSD, we've already answered. So let's go to the second one. The second question is, what is the status of 4680 cells? Uh, How far are uh, you from the specs you laid out on battery day? When do you expect to achieve what you laid out on battery day?
5: Yeah, first I'll just start with a little bit of a production update. So in Texas, 4680 cell production increased uh, 80% Q2 over Q1 and the team surpassed 10 million production cells produced uh, here in Texas. So congrats to the team for that. Their focus on yield reduced our scrap bill by 40% quarter over quarter, and that res- resulted in a 25% reduction in cell cogs. Um, here in Texas, we're preparing to launch our Cybertruck cell, which is 10% higher energy density than current production. Uh, that was accomplished through process and mechanical design optimization. As we scale Cyber cell production through the end of the year and early next, we should be in a com- comfortable place on cost per cell. Um, Against our battery energy density targets, the Cybercell is at our expectations on a like-for-like electrochemistry basis. We're yet to integrate uh, silicon or uh, in-house cathode production, both reviewed on battery day, which do break significant further energy density and cost improvements, but that is a topic for another day. Um, lastly, it is important to remember that most of what we focused on a battery day with the Tesla Engineered, 4680 production system and the improvements we strove to achieve on equipment, factory density, capital cost, and utility cost reduction, all of which we are realizing in our Texas scale up to date.
0: Thank you very much. The next question is, uh, can you talk more to the upcoming Tesla Energy products and how you, uh, your thinking has evolved on the revenue model? Given Tesla's AI capabilities, how do you see the long-term mix between hardware margin and recurring software margins from auto bidder, uh, as this segment accelerates?
5: We can't comment on future product roadmap, but I can provide a quick Energy
0: Q2 update.
5: Uh, Megapack continues to show strong demand globally with Lathrop ramping successfully to meet our contracted projects in 2023. As stated last quarter, Megapack margins are in a reasonable place in line with our target Um, vehicle target margins. The second final assembly line at Lathrop is progressing on schedule, eventually doubling Lathrop capacity ahead of our full factory ramp in 2024. We have several exciting large projects in construction or nearing completion, including the KES project in Hawaii, Riverina project in Australia, several projects in California, and one here at Gigafactory Texas that I toured today, actually. We want to thank our customers, utilities, and grid operators for trusting us with these projects. On the auto bidder question, we continue to grow auto bidder contracts in wholesale markets like Australia, Texas, UK, and California with over six gigawatt hours under Tesla's dispatch um, next year. Uh, In the UK, our project performed best in the industry in Q2. AutoBidder does have software margins and is an enabler for hardware sales, but it's a relatively small contributor to revenues, given how much deployment growth on the Megapack hardware side is occurring. It's important to remember that these large projects, these large capital projects have lifetimes of 20 years, so recurring revenues on an annualized basis relative to upfront capex are small. On the residential side, we have some fun things happening. We recently surpassed a half million Powerwalls installed. Uh, Just this week, we were launching Charge on solar, which allows Tesla Powerwall and vehicle customers to charge their vehicles using their excess solar and drive only on the sunshine that hits their roof. Yesterday, we began paying customers in Texas for participating in our virtual power plant to provide grid support to ERCOT. Uh, We expect these credits to lower our median customers annual bill by a third, and to increase these credits over time as ERCOT expands market access. And today we are expanding Tesla Electric enrollment to new Model 3 owners in Texas, followed by all Texas vehicle customers over the rest of the quarter. Unfortunately, and somewhat similar to Tesla Insurance, bringing Tesla Electric and BPP capabilities to our customers requires working through a fractured regulatory environment on a jurisdiction-by-jurisdiction basis. In the long run, the value of residential energy software and hardware will be driven by the level of market access that utilities, market operators, and regulators permit. For PowerWall is edu- eligible to provide the full stack of energy services, uh, like Peaker peaker capacity and system buffering, such as in Australia, we can more than double the value
0: of ownership relative to a typical system today. Thank you very much. Uh, The next question is, could you quantify the benefits to COGS per unit from the IRA battery manufacturing incentives? And secondly, battery raw material
4: declines year to date. Correct. I can take that. Um, On the first part of the question for IRA manufacturing incentives, we provided previous guidance that we expect these to be for the course of this year in the range of 150 million to 250 million per quarter. Uh, we are uh, staying within that boundary as we guided previously. So that was the case in Q2 as well. Um, I will note, and I think we've mentioned this before, that um, this includes a 50 50 sharing of credits for qualified cells um, from our, our long term battery partner, Panasonic. On the commodity side, Uh, We are continuing to see improvements there as we've discussed previously. Lithium is the most notable improvement uh, so far. Uh, I I think I commented on this on the last call um, because typically we see this coming about a quarter before it actually is realized in our financials. Um, And also just as a reminder, we're not fully exposed to the price of lithium. Our supply chain team has done a terrific job in partnership with another bunch of other companies to put in place uh, some long-term increase agreements here, but we do have some exposure um, that moves up and down. We're also seeing benefits in aluminum and steel, which I think is great. Uh, Not as large as the lithium impacts, but uh, they contribute nonetheless. So if we add up the total impact of this in Q2 relative to prior quarter, it's about the same size and magnitude as the IRA benefits that we also received. Um, You know, just to put this in context, um, you know, as, as you look at COGS per unit, sequentially from Q1 to Q2, I think there's, there's two things to keep in mind there. The first is that our SX mix uh, in, it, for deliveries increased quite a bit from Q1 to Q2. So as you think about fundamental cost reductions, uh, it's important to adjust for that. And then secondly, you know, as we continue to work on reducing our Austin and Berlin costs, which um, we did quite a bit of that from Q1 to Q2. You know, these factories are still a slightly above model Y production costs elsewhere. And in the quarter, our mix of Austin and Berlin related builds increased. And so um, that's something to consider as you model out the impact from Q1 to Q2 in terms of costs per unit. Um, I I do want to ask Corinne if there's anything else on the commodity side or just more generally you want to add here. Yeah,
6: as you mentioned, Zach, we, we've naturally been a little bit hedged from the lithium position because the, the long-term contracts have in place, but we have seen reduction in pricing uh, across the board for all commodities that, and specifically going to batteries such as nickel, cobalt, and, and graphite. And the reductions in pricing translate into thousands of dollars when you look at it from a uh, per vehicle endpoint. Uh, we're taking advantage of the lo- historically low commodity pricing in, in certain areas to kind of extend some of those fixed-price contracts. Uh, through the end of the decade. Uh, so it's a playbook that we will continue to kind of go back to uh, as we look to the future.
0: Thank you. Uh, the next question on FSD. Uh, have you considered allowing FSD transferability as a lever to allow existing customers to upgrade to a new Tesla instead of being locked into an existing car due to the price of FSD? Uh, yeah, this is a
1: question we get asked a lot.
0: Um, so
1: um, we're excited to announce that uh, for q three we will be allowing transfer of FSD. um this is a one time amnesty
2: <laughs>
1: so um uh it needs to be ta- you need to take advantage of it in q three but um or at least place the order in q three with, within with within reasonable delivery time frames um so um yeah yeah you, you yeah i hope this makes people happy
0: you <laughs> are not get to do- this is one time thing <laughs> Okay. All right, the next question. When will, you, uh, when will we uh, give more information about the Cybertruck orders, estimated delivery schedules, pricing, and specifications?
1: Um, the demand is, is so far is so off the hook. You can't even see the hook.
0: Um,
1: so that's really not an issue. Uh, I do want to emphasize that the Cybertruck uh, has a lot of new technology in it, like a lie. Um, it doesn't look like it. <laughs> It doesn't look like you know any other vehicle because it is not like any other vehicle. So, um, at the, and the production ramp will move as fast as the slowest and least likely element of the of the entire supply chain and an internal. So, um, you know, I, I, I wouldn't expect you know it. it I I hope it's smooth. We're, you know, we're certainly better at production ramps than we, we, we you know we've, we've got a lot of experience with the production ramps. But you know, the sort of, first sort of approximation it's, there's like 10,000 unique parts and processes and, um, in a, you know, in the cyber truck. And if any one of them, it'll go as fast as the least lucky, you know, least well-executed element of the 10,000. So um, always very difficult to predict the, the ramp initially, but um, I think we'll, we'll be making them in high volume uh, next year, um, and we will be uh, delivering.
0: Car this year. Thank you. The next question is: Critics of Gigacasting uh, contended that process makes vehicles harder and more costly to repair, essentially pushing costs onto the customer. you share some details about the initial
7: repair experience with Gigacast vehicles? That, that must be why everyone's copying us. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, on This is Lars, um, and Martin. That, that's like simply not true. There's a misconception that traditional bodies are easy to repair, but They're made of multiple materials and multiple joining methods. Spot wells and rivets have to be drilled out. Panels and structural adhesive have to be chiseled out. Dried adhesive has to be removed. Stampings cut, blah, blah, blah. It's it's a crazy patchwork quilt. Yeah. And so putting that back together means time and money. Um, Using an example of replacing a rear cast rail on a Model Y um, to do that versus like what we replaced it with from the Model 3, it's 10 10 times uh, cheaper and three times faster to do it with the cast rail. My design team works with our collision repair team, since we're closed loop on this, um, with insurance and we design specific parts that are, make it easier and faster to repair. We have an incentive to do that because we have our own insurance and our own body shops. Um, we expect that we'll continue to do this and collision repair will continue to become cheaper and faster over time. And we already make this available to all body shops through our test rope uh, body shop training. Yeah. Closing loop on collision repair and uh, factoring that into design is, is a big deal. It's crucial. I don't think anyone else can do it with the ecosystem that we have. So yeah, and and
1: we are actually able to change the details of the casting with the inserts, um, and, and we actually do do that all the time. Um, so because the the inserts actually wear out and need uh, to be replaced uh, anyway, so we can actually make design changes to the inserts and tweak the castings. To, um, but the the, the casting, uh, you know, basically cast uh, a rear, rear body or front body uh, is lighter, cheaper. Uh, better for uh, noise, vibration, and harshness, much easier to manufacture.
7: And it's, better, it's better in every way. Um,
1: and that's why so many other car companies are copying us. Probably. They don't really stick, Well, they certainly put out a lot of fresh releases about mm-hmm. um, it. I think it's basically going to be how old, old cars are made in the future.
0: Thank you. Uh, next question. How many Optimus bots uh, have been made and when will they be able to start performing useful tasks? 10 million. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I think I think we're around five or six
1: bots. Like, you know, there's an, we're, we're, we're like 10, I guess. Yeah. yeah. It depends on which turns out how many are working in what phase. But um, it's a, it's sort of, Um, like th- th- there's, there's more, more every month, um, the, we, we, the uh, there's a lot of interesting things, lot of interesting things about the October spot. Um, uh, we found that there are actually no suppliers that can produce the actuators. Uh, there, there's no, there, there are no off the shelf actuators that work well for a humanoid robot, um, at any price. Certainly not compelling. Yes. Not, not a... not a humanoid robot that can do stuff that, you know, the things that a human could do. Um, So we've actually had to design um, our own actuators uh, that uh, integrate the motor, the power electronics, the controller, the sensors,
2: and um, really every one of them is custom design. Um, So, uh, and then of course we'll
1: be using the, the same... Uh, inference hardware as the car, uh, so uh, you know, and but, but we are in designing these actuators, uh, designing them for volume production, so that they're not just lighter, tighter, more and more capable than any any other actuators was, that that were aware of that exist in the world. Uh, it's also actually manufacturable, um, um, so we, we should be able to make them in volume. Um, the the first. Optimist that is, that we'll have all of the Tesla designed, uh, actuators, sort of production candidate actuators, um, it integrated and, and walking should be around November ish.
2: Um, so, uh, and then we'll, we'll, we'll start ra- wrapping up after that. Um, you know, in terms of when we'll be able to do some useful things we'll like, we'll
1: first be trying this out in our own factories and just proving out its utility. But I, I think, I think we'll be able to have it do something useful in our factories sometime
2: next year. Um, I, I would be, yeah, I'm pretty, pretty confident of that. Um, so yeah, and it's well. Uh, I should say another
1: cool thing about Optimus is that, you know, there's just in the U S alone, there are 2 million amputees. Um, and, um, I was just talking to the Neuralink team and, um, by combining a Neuralink, uh, implant, uh, and a robotic arm or leg uh, for someone that has, has had their arms, arm or leg or, or arms and legs amputated.
2: We believe we can give um, get basically a cyborg body that is, uh, incredibly capable, um. $6 million men are in, in, in real life. the the no, cost $6
1: million?
2: <laughs>
1: $60,000 man. <laughs> since that was impressive, but it's, it'll actually, you know, it, it, so, so that, that, that actually could be a really, I think would be incredible to, you know, potentially help millions of people around the world, um, and, uh, and give them, you know, a, a role armor like that is, um as good, maybe long-term better than a biological one.
0: Thank you. Uh, The next question is, um, how has the order intake trended relatively to production levels during Q2? And how is it trended in the quarter to date period? Conceptually, how does Tesla decide when is it appropriate to reduce prices or add uh, other sales incentives to increase demand?
1: I guess demand is roughly tracked production. Um, So... Um, which is what we aim, aim for uh, is is uh, we look at you know so it's something that that we have that really I think no no other car maker has is that w- we have real time demand and real-time production, like so uh, seven days a week, um, you know I, I get an email or an order generated email It shows output from old factories uh, and orders globally. So it's like a real time finger on the pulse of earth, uh, basically. Um, and and we, we you know we just we just course according to what the mood of the of the public is uh, you know but buying a new car is a is a big decision for the vast majority of people so uh, you know anytime there's economic uncertainty people generally uh, pause on new new car buying at least to see to see what happens um and um, you know and then obviously another challenge is the the interest rate environment um, as the interest rates rise, uh, the affordability of anything bought with debt decreases, so effectively increasing the price of the car. So w- when, interest rates rise dramatically, we actually have to reduce the price of the car because the, the, the interest payments increase the price of the car. So, and, and this is the, the at, least, at least up until recently, it was the, I believe the sharpest interest rate rise in history we have to do something about that? Um, and if somebody's got a crystal ball for the global economy, I'd really appreciate it if we could borrow that crystal ball. Shouldn't um, DM us. Yeah, exactly. DM me on Twitter. <laughs> it should be known on Twitter. Um, so, uh, it, it, I mean, wh- one, one day it seems like the world economy is falling apart and the next day everything's fine. I, I, I don't know what the hell's going on. Um, Let <laughs> would be totally frank. <laughs> I wish I did. Um, so I, I mean, that, that's why, I, that's why I say like, I always, you know, you know, I, on, on Twitter, I posted like, you know, just really a- advising, cause I, I, you know, I care a lot about the, 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 the sort of the small shareholders, especially ones that have stuck stuck with, with us through, through thick and thin, I love you guys. And, uh, so the, um, I do we we can't control these macro shocks, you know, or, or the, the manic depressive nature of the stock market. So that's why I I recommend against margin loans, um, in times that are turbulent. You know, if times are are not that turbulent, actually a margin loan can be a smart move within reason. Um, but, but we're in, I would call it turbulent times. Um, I, I like I have very high confidence confidence in the long term value of Tesla. Um. Like I, I see it, I really, you know, see a path to a 10x, well, maybe not 10x, these days, a 5x (laughs) increase in the value of the company, maybe a 10x. Um, and, uh, but the, the, where things go along the way, the the trials and tribulations and the mood of the, mood of the markets, one cannot predict. And so, um,
2: you know, I mean, the. the, the old adage of buy and hold this is right, you know,
1: um, for investment advice, I say like identify a company whose products you love, um, see if they, you know, does it seem like they'll continue to make good products or great products, buy that stock and hold it. That's it, but you, you will win. <laughs> so, the reason companies exist is to make goods and services ideally great goods and services, they don't exist for any other reason. They shouldn't. So that's why you should buy a software company that makes paper products and has a great future pipeline. It's common sense actually. Um, And, um, and and then, and, and then generally, if you see, if, if you provide, provide you're confident about what that company's products or services are, when the market panics buy. And when the market is, you know,
2: overly exuberant, yeah, you can sell. I'm not recommending yourself Tesla, but, um, but, but, you know, buy low, sell high. <laughs> um, uh,
1: you know, Warren Buffett actually, I think has a saying I'm paraphrasing him, but you know, a publicly traded company is like, um, it's like, imagine you're living in your house and some a crazy manic aggressive guy comes and stands at the uh, outside your house and yells property prices at you um you know yeah so it's, it and it's a different price every day but the house is still the same house <laughs>
2: so <laughs> <laughs> who's talking about yeah that's warm
0: Thank you. Let's go to the next question. Uh, with the emphasis of price cuts to drive volume growth, eating into automotive gross margin, can investors expect to see automotive gross margin stabilize or even rise due to efficiencies outpacing the cuts? And if so, when? (laughs)
2: Where's that crystal ball again?
1: (laughs) If if I may, it's like, look, the, the the short-term, um, variances in, in gross margin, um, profitability really are minor relative to the long-term picture. Um, autonomy, it, um, will make all of these numbers look silly. Um, I'd recommend looking at ARK Invest. I think their analysis is, is very good. It's the best I, you know, um, <laughs> I mean, it don't, and, and, and generally uh, FinTwit or like the finance,
2: uh, smart finance people on Twitter follow their accounts. They're great. So, um, that, that's what, that, that's, <laughs> that's an idea where you, where you'll get the best, best info.
1: So, you know, I strongly believe Tesla is a, a big long-term investment. Um, and don't sweat when, you know, things go up and down. In fact, the market panics by, um, if the markets a little too exuberant, sell it to time, but, but just generally. Like I feel, I'm confident. You know, we we'll deliver over long term, but can't control short term. So, and, and these the the this autonomy is is really where it's at. I mean, Zach,
4: what do you? Oh, I fully agree with you. Um, I mean, I, I think the only thing in the short term that matters is is what I said in my opening remarks, which is you know are we generating enough money to continue to invest in you know the portfolio products and technologies that the technical teams are investing in right now. Um, this is intense. It's t- intense in terms of investment. It's intense in terms of potential.
1: Frankly, I think it's ridiculous that we have positive free cash flow <laughs> in a capital-intensive business while investing massive amounts of money in new technology.
6: That is super hard. And vertical good integration. It's not even just like new products, but also.
1: Yeah, we actually make our shit.
4: Yeah. Cool. Um, um, and so, at least from my perspective, what matters is continuing to generate the cash to invest. Um, you know, that means continuing to be hyper focused on near term cost reduction because everything we do in near term cost reduction provides capital to reinvest. Um, hyper focused on working capital management, which uh, we've made quite a bit of progress there uh, on the raw materials and WIPP side of that and very focused on accounts receivables as well to ensure that we can continue to reinvest, reinvest the cash. Um, you know, that this is what we're focused. On. Yeah. And, you know, so there's, you know, a set of this that we control. You know, we have a pipeline of cost reductions. Uh, we are getting tailwinds in the commodity space right now, as Karn mentioned, that's helpful. Um, variability around average selling prices, you know, goes back to Elon's point. Um, we don't control interest rates. We don't control macro consumer sentiment. Um, but we have an obligation to be responsive to that, to ensure that we're matching supply and demand and keeping things balanced. And so this is how we're managing the next handful of quarters. Um, you know, soon enough, these quarters will be behind us. And they won't be part of the present value of future cash flows of the business. And so we want to make sure we keep that view and make sure that the long-term of the business is exactly the way that we want it to be. Well said. All
0: right. Thank you very much. And now let's go to uh, analyst questions. Uh, The first question comes from Dan Levi from Barclays. Uh, Dan, feel free to unmute yourself.
3: great uh, good Good evening, thank you. Paul, I wanted to start first with uh, with a question about uh, your efforts in AI and dojo. It's, it's pretty clear it sounds like you're accelerating your focus. Can you um maybe provide us with a sense of what the process is of refining a product? is it more machines and, and maybe you could give us a sense of um you know when the the payout starts to when you start to see the payout and what the resource outlay is? You know, what should we expect on the OpEx front as a result of this?
1: So are you saying how much are we gonna spend on Dojo or
3: Yeah,
2: R and RD of Dojo. Yes. Um Well, we're not gonna
1: be open loop on our dojo expenditures, so um, but I mean I think we we will be spending, you know, filling north of a billion for the next year on, on you know through through the next year, year, over a billion dollars in dojo. Um, and, um, yeah, so we've got a, a truly staggering amount of, of uh, video data to do training on, and this is another thing I don't like, like in, to, in order to copy us, you, you also need to spend billions of dollars on, on, on training compute. I mean, it's like, and, and it's, it's also hard to, you know, you need, you need the data, you need the training computer. It's like, they think, well, things needed to actually achieve the at scale to a generalized solution for autonomy is it's, this is, such, this is one of the hardest problems ever. Um, you know, you see a lot of AI companies doing, you know, LLMs and, 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 and whatnot.
2: And I'm saying if they're so great, why can't they make yourself a great driving car? Because it's harder. That's why. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, so, but I do think those, um, let's say, I think there's some, you know great, great AI companies out there, but, um, it, but just fundamentally the, the, about the, the, the staggering amount of data we've got to process, has got to be processed somehow and custom Silicon is the best way to do that. Um, so that, that's what Dojo is, is designed to do is, is, uh, you know, optimize for, for video training. Um, it's, it's not optimized for LLMs. It's optimized for video training. Um, with, with, with video training, um, you have a, a, a much higher ratio of compute to memory bandwidth. Um, so, uh, you, if this, you know, whereas LLMs are, tend to be memory bandwidth choked. Um, so that's uh, that's it. I mean, um, but like I said, we also we have some. We're, we're using a lot of NVIDIA hardware, and we continue to you. We, you know, <laughs> we'll, we'll actually take the NVIDIA hardware as fast as NVIDIA will deliver it to us. I have tremendous, tremendous respect for, uh, Jensen and NVIDIA. Um, they've done an incredible job and, and um, and frankly, I, I don't know I, if they could deliver us enough <laughs> GPUs, we, 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 we might not need Jo Dojo, but they can't. So because they got so many customers, uh, they've been kind enough to, you
2: know, but l- nonetheless prioritize some of our, uh, GPU orders. Um, but, um, yeah,
1: the, the sheer magnitude of video training, because like I said, we're, we're not trying to just get as good as human. We want to get to, you know, 10 times better than human, maybe a hundred times better than human. Um, right now, I believe there's something on the order of a million automotive deaths per year. And, um, and if you say permanent, uh, serious injuries, I think it's probably closer to 10 million per year. And, um, yeah, you know, so it matters if you if you're, you know, you're twice as good as humans, as, as 10 times, you know, you, you, like 10 times better than human would, would still mean a hundred thousand deaths mm-hmm. um, and, and a million oh. se- uh, severe permanent injuries. So it's like, okay, well, we'd rather be a hundred times better. So there's, there's really, you know, it's, it's a march of nines and, and we want to achieve as perfect, uh, safety as possible, um, and, uh, it's fast, truly. Mind-boggling amounts of video and 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 computer needed for that. So, uh, and then I just yeah you know, I do think there's there's other applications for for dojo, but we just desperately needed for video training.
4: Right. Just to just to add to what Elon mentioned. So, you know, the numbers that he mentioned are, um, you know, between R and D spend and capital spend, yeah. and you know, th- this is moving quickly. Um, you know, uh, and so. We provide a three-year outlook on our capital expense. We are considering all these paid expenses in that outlook. Um, and as that moves up and down, we'll continue to update our guidance in the queue. Yeah. I, I want to say the, the, the fundamental rate limiter on the progress
1: of both self-driving is trading. But that's a, if, if we had more trading
2: compute, we would get it done faster. So that's it. And, and it's just difficult to predict how quickly yeah. we can execute on it.
3: Great. Thank you. Um, just as, as a follow up, um, I recognize, you know, there, there's, uh, some incredible macro uncertainty right now, but you're sticking with your, um, near term, your volume target at 50% Kager. Um, as we just think about sort of in the, in the year ahead, you know, Cybertruck is going to be some contribution You know there's going to be some help for further EV penetration growth, but uh, to to what extent are you willing to uh, sacrifice on pricing to keep that 50% volume cager intact? Um, Or, you know, are you thinking differently about margins versus your prior commentary of willing to sacrifice on margins to get more share?
1: It's not about getting more share. It's just that um, you can think of every car that we, that we Sell or or produce that 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 has a full autonomy capability um, as uh, actually something that in the future may be worth as much as five times what it is today, Um, because you know average average passenger vehicle is doing like maybe ten hours of driving a week. You know, if if sort of one if let's say it's one and a half hours a day on average, that's ten hours a week
2: um, um, uh, if you've got an autonomous, if if that, uh, that vehicle is able to
1: uh, operate autonomously, and, um, and 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 use be used in some, some either either dedicated autonomous or partially autonomous, like like Airbnb, like some, maybe sometimes you allow your, your car to be used by others. Sometimes you want to use it exclusively, just like you know Airbnb, you know doing Airbnb with a. Room in your hands, um, you know that the, the value is just tremendous. Uh, so, I think it's sort of it would be. I, th- I think it make it does make sense to sacrifice margins in favor of making more vehicles because we think in the not too distant future they will have have a dramatic valuation increase. I think the Tesla fleet value increase at the point at which we can upload full self, you know, full self driving, and it's approved by regulators,
2: um, will be the single biggest uh, step change in asset value, maybe in history. Thank you. Let's
0: go to the next analyst. The question comes from Emmanuel Rosner from Deutsche Bank.
1: Uh, Thank you very much. Um, Two questions for me as well.
0: First, following up on on the autonomy. So, you know, before you start launching these dedicated robotaxi vehicles on, on existing vehicles, you're Improving FSD,
1: you know, incrementally. Um, what is your latest targeted timing to uh, essentially release a non-beta version or an eyes-off version that would trigger
2: much higher take rates? And would Tesla benefit from lowering the price of FSD? Um, well, obviously, I, you know, yeah,
1: I've, my, as people have sort of made fun of me, and perhaps so, you know, quite fairly have made fun of me, my predictions about achieving full self-driving, um, have, have been optimistic in the past. Um, and, and, and the, the, the reason they've been optimistic is what it tends to look like is the, um, we'll, we'll make rapid progress with a new version of, of FSD. Uh, but but then um, the it will curve over logarithmically, so so at first like logarithmic log curve looks like you know just sort of fairly straight upward line diagonally up, uh, and so if you extrapolate that it then you you have a great thing. But then it's actually logarithmic it curves over, and then there've been a series of logarithmic stacked logarithmic curves. Um, now. <laughs> um, I don't, know, I know I'm the, 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 the boy who cried FSB. Um, but I, I man,
2: I, I think, I think we'll be better than human by the end of this year. Um, that's not to say we're by regulators. Um, and, and I'm saying that and that would be in the
1: US because uh, we got to focus on one market first. But I, I think we'll be better than human by the end of this year. I've been wrong in the past. I may be wrong this time. Um, and the the price of FSD, so the the weird thing is the price of FSD is actually very low, but uh, it's not high. Um, when you go back to what I was saying earlier, the the, the value of the car increases dramatically uh, if it is actually autonomous. Um, you know, $15,000 is is actually a a low price, not a high price. Um, And, um, now we will offer you yeah, and we, I think we do sort of offer FSD as a sort of monthly subscription, although like most people don't know that. Um, So I'd recommend like maybe trying it out as a monthly subscription. So you don't have to go with the $15,000 thing, but I think, yeah, yeah. The, the obviously if the, if the car is worth several times,
2: its original price, $15,000 is actually a
0: low price. Thank you. And the next question comes from William Stein from Truist. Uh, William, go ahead and unmute. Great.
8: Uh, Thank you very much uh, for taking my question. Um, uh, I'd like to ask about, uh, to to stick on this AI topic. Um, uh, we read, you know, with great interest, the developments uh, in Dojo today, and you've spoken about FSD. Uh, but you've also, Elon, you've started this X.AI uh, company and, you know, for investors that think that there might be quite a bit of value in the AI uh, features and products of Tesla, it might be concerning to see you, you know, pursuing another endeavor where AI is the focus. So can you talk about how X.AI might overlap, might um, um perhaps compete with Tesla or in other ways, perhaps it, it uh, enhances the value of, of what Tesla does. Thanks very
1: much. Yeah, I, I think we'll actually enhance the, the value of Tesla. Um, there, there really were just uh, some, um, some of the world's best AI engineers and scientists that were willing to join a startup, uh, but they were not willing to join a, a large relatively established company like, like Tesla. So it was like, that, that's actually how it got started. I was interviewing a few people, and they're like, "No, we, we want to do a startup." I was like, "And that's all, I I, I, couldn't, I couldn't convince them to join uh, Tesla." So, so I was like, "Okay, well, you know, better to start startup that um, that I run than 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 they go work somewhere else." Um, that's kind of the the genesis of, of XAI. Um, and XAI is is focused on eight sort of AGI.
2: Yeah, um, so it's, uh, but I th- I'd like, so I think there will be some value that XAI brings to Tesla, um,
1: you know, also for some of the best, for the very best people in the world, they, they really just want to work on interesting, interesting, problems. So if you take, say, you know, um, our material science group, you know, r- really what convinced uh, Charlie Coleman to leave Apple, where it was very happy and well compensated, um, I mean, and both at and, you know the, 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 what we think is the best material science group in the world um, was that he got to work at both Tesla and SpaceX. He, he wasn't willing to leave Apple if it was just Tesla, but he was willing to do you know, if it was Tesla and SpaceX. So sometimes you get the best talent in the world. That's the kind of thing, you know, you, you need to do. And that actually has been very beneficial to Tesla. So
8: You know, if I can squeeze one more mundane question in, um, uh, I wonder if you think you can hit the 1.8 million unit number with current pricing or do you anticipate uh, needing to uh, continue to lower prices? Because it seems like they've stabilized, the trends have stabilized in the last uh, maybe month and a half. Should we expect a a sort of continued decreases or,
2: or more stabilization for the rest of the year? Uh, you know, we have we have uh, a a
1: really sort of we started the referral, pr- referral program, which I think will be quite effective. Um, but, you know, as as Zach was saying earlier, um, we we don't control the macroeconomic conditions. So, if interest rates continue to rise, that reduces the affordability of cars. Um, you know, and and for a lot of people, they're really trying to balance, let's just you know, barely breaking even. Uh, every month. In fact, if you look at the rise in credit card debt, they are in fact not breaking even every month. Like credit card debt
2: is, is looking
1: kind of scary. Um, so, you know, we, we're like, we just don't control macro conditions. Uh, if macro
2: conditions are stable, I think prices will be stable. If they're not stable, then you know, we, we, we would have lower prices that uh, Yeah. Thank you.
0: Uh, let's go to Colin Rush from Oppenheimer. Thanks so much, guys.
5: You know, as you're building out Dojo and impl- implementing what truly is going to be a highly complex um, set of software, can you speak to the maturity of the operating system and how much soc- software you're expecting to use uh, in that system?
1: Um, this is a custom software stack. So, but it is uh, designed uh, such that you can run at, the high, at a high level, uh, PyTorch, um, and Jack's um, so, but then, yeah, you know, we have to customize it to actually run on a custom silicon. Um, so this, the software stack is uh, a combination of open source software and then, and then Tesla software, uh, all the way to the bare silicon, which is the case for the first computer in the car.
8: Um.
5: Okay. Thanks so much. That's super helpful. And then can you speak to how you're managing some of the geopolitical risks? Relative to your capacity expansion, Um, you know, obviously, as you guys continue to grow at this rate, you're going to be putting some folks out of business and Mm -hmm. and there's going to be some impacts around regional economies. So just want to understand how you're thinking about that in terms of some of your CapEx plans and and how you're
8: managing
2: some of those relationships with um, with different countries and regions. Well, we, you know, this is a period of unusual geopolitical risk. Um,
1: so I think we're, the best we can do is, you know, have factories in um, many parts of the world such that if things get difficult in one
2: part of the world, we, um, you know, we can still keep, keep things going in the rest of the world. Thank you. Uh, the next question comes from Mark Delaney from Goldman Sachs.
4: Uh, thank you very much for taking that question. Uh, Tesla has been making progress reducing cost and did so again last quarter. Can you give an update on when you
6: think automotive costs per vehicle could be under the historical $36,000 per vehicle level and what are the key puts and takes to get there?
4: This is, I think I was asked this in the past. This is very difficult to forecast. You know, there's a series of costs that we manage, um, and series of costs in which we don't control, and so you know, particularly on the commodity side, um, where labor costs go, et cetera. It, it, it's just hard to say. Yeah. I mean, we, we saw
1: very inflationary, pre- like strong inflationary pressures for a while last year, um, and, and now we which obviously makes it very difficult to reduce COGS. You know, now we're seeing what seemed to be deflationary pressures, certainly deflationary, uh, deflation is a pressure, um. But we're seeing, um, you know, commodity prices dropped uh, dropping as, uh, as was mentioned, uh, you know, uh, as Karin mentioned a moment ago, um, and, uh, I, I think, I, think, I mean, what do you think if, if you're, the, basically the trends seem to be deflationary, at the commodity low. Definitely. Like,
6: okay. <laughs> there's that, and then there's also the, the, unit economics improves as volumes grow. That's the other thing we're seeing as we're becoming a bigger and bigger part of a lot of suppliers, economies of scale, uh, come into play. There's equipment depreciation that comes into play. Equipment that was commissioned five to seven years ago. Uh, that used to be a part of the piece price. That's completely amortized. So we'll see uh, situations where piece price come down because that equipment uh, contribution has gone away. And then just, we continue to have this uh, mentality of continuous improvement uh, in terms of labor, <clears throat> reducing labor, improving automation, uh, and, and just continue to get better at what we do. So we have seen, uh, I think every quarter, we have seen an improvement. Of course, the commodities spiked up and down, uh, yeah. but just in general, the trend is uh, towards being more efficient. Yeah.
1: I'm totally agree. Yeah. Relicative prices went absolutely insane there for a while.
4: Yeah. And they're recovering now. Well, like a yeah. third of what it used to be. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we're still early in the ramps. Uh, and, well, not early in the ramp, but early in the cost down curve of Austin and Berlin. Yeah. And so it takes time to work the cost out. At first, it's a focused on ramp. Um. Ramp brings cost down. Well, and then, well, yeah. Ramp then, quality cost. Yeah. And then once that stabilizes, we can divert bandwidth uh, to cost reduction. And so um, Austin and Berlin saw quite a decent amount of cost reduction on a fundamental basis from Q1 to Q2. We'll continue to do that work. That will be helpful. Uh, and so we're just going to keep shipping away at it. Yeah. Packaging is a big, big element to it.
1: logistics yes,
4: Logistics is normalizing, which is great. You- Cubot uh, uh,
2: utilization. Something that you know, the team has been very really focused on. So every bit of it. Yeah. So, it's hard. Logistics is uh, underappreciated. <laughs> yeah, it's the old saying goes like
1: battles uh, <laughs> the one with tactics, war's the one with logistics.
2: Yeah, and we've
0: made tremendous improvements in cost and on fronts. You know, spread cost. We are down uh, down pre pandemic. Expect cost
2: levels now, and our goal is to go further down.
4: Okay. So, yeah, so when we look at our progress from Q1 to Q2 on cost, you know, the way that we look at it internally and normalize for the impacts of mix shift with Austin and Berlin being a higher percentage of our mix, normalized for SNX being a higher percentage of our mix in Q2 versus Q1, uh, the sequential cost reduction it might be the largest we've had in a while. I think it's, it's great work on behalf of the Tesla team, and we just got to keep it up. Yeah. It's a good game of pennies,
1: Like game of throws with pennies.
0: <laughs> uh, Bush. Mark, do you have a follow-up question? Uh, I think you're muted. Sir.
1: Yep. Yeah. Thank you uh, very much
6: for all the. Details on that. Um, yeah, maybe you could put a finer point on the downtime impact that you uh, you spoke about in your prepared comments uh, yeah, in terms of production
2: impact, and then also uh, to what extent there's a margin impact uh, from those uh, three employees that you're planning this quarter. Thank you. Yeah, the the downtime. Um, you know
4: the. the... We don't know exactly the number of cars impacted because, you know, kind of the way that we go into downtime windows for upgrades is, you know, we set aside a period of time, but then the team is challenged to go as quickly as possible so that we can get the factories up and running again and minimize that. Um So it's not, I mean, it's not a profound reduction, simply mean,
1: quite small. I think we're getting too much into the weeds here. I mean, it, like we're asking for a level of precision that is not uh, possible to pre- answer. So let's,
0: let's move on. Yeah, I think this is unfortunately all the time we have for today. So, uh, we'll speak to you all in the the next three months. Thank you very much. Thank you.